you are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360, and usually we have a Steve, Xbox Live, Stevevich. However, he is out of the studio today, so it will only be mono e mono. Anyway, we're going to be going into our topic of the day, which is movie trailer reactions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section somewhere down there below. Otherwise, I have one other thing that I'd like to talk about first, which is my experiences with the uh, RE Village game. And I've been playing that for the past week. I don't know if you've had a chance to even check out uh, the, the different Twitch sessions that I've been doing. However, if you haven't, you can go check them out. It's a lot of fun. This game, folks, is really really good. I'm very impressed by what Capcom has done with this game. I'm still making my way through it. I have some friends who are in fact probably pretty much at the end or they've beaten it and they say that, that there is all kinds of craziness to be seen and I'm very much looking forward to it. But to give you an idea where I am right now, so I've just beaten the, the creepy bride doll section and for those of you who are unfamiliar, the game itself will talk about how there are these different regions um, that are kind of um, looked after or kind of lorded over, so to speak, by these four lords. That was one of the lords. And then um, it's it seems to be as if we are going to be making our way to more of the swampy area, which I've been personally looking forward to because I keep seeing that windmill in the distance. And I've been very curious to see what is in store for me there. However, where I'm at, let me, let's just recap a little bit here. Um, so I made my way out of the castle. I survived my way out of the initial castle, which all of us are familiar with, with regards to the, the maiden demo and in terms of folks who've been playing the game as well. So took out the daughters, took out Lady D. The, the boss fight with Lady D was epic. It was awesome. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like kind of a Souls game, a little Bloodborne-esque, if you will. And that's a very cool thing, honestly. It's, it's, it's cool that in, in that they didn't go totally into Souls territory, but you can tell they've been inspired by that genre of game. And to watch what happens. I won't give it away necessarily here just because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, it was very satisfying to be able to, to take her on. And I was surprised actually as to how quickly we're kind of done with Lady D within the game because my understanding when I was watching all the trailers and whatnot, it seemed like she was kind of the main villain. And that's just not the case. There are actually several others that we're going to be able to come across, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Having said that, it's really fun to be able to actually leave the castle, go back out into the village. And you can tell after playing the game for a little bit that Capcom really made it intentional for us as the gamer to be able to have fun kind of drinking in and exploring the village itself there are many other areas of the village I was unaware of it. And it's cool because they, they do the whole fog of war thing, right? Where um, you have your top down map, you can kind of see where you are, what you've discovered versus what you haven't. I, I personally really like that. I, I remember when I was playing horizon zero dawn 
And I really loved how it wasn't like this map was revealed to me immediately how I had to make my way through it. And there was always that sense of adventure and that sense of wonderment in terms of what's around this next bend, what kind of area of the map will be revealed to me at at, uh, any given point in time. So that's really cool. Getting into more of the, the creepy bride doll area. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic in terms of, the atmosphere and the mood. I was very, very impressed with, uh, when you walk in, you've got this like real spooky looking, um, almost sleepy hollow esque type of forest. And you have all these dolls. I mean, there, there were dolls aplenty. Let me tell you. And whether they're hanging from the trees or just kind of scattered about, you know, they really took their time slowly, but surely making you feel unsettled. What's interesting for me personally is that I don't really get creeped out by dolls. That's not really one of the things that triggers me. I know I have friends who they they really get disturbed when they see that. For me, I think Chucky is probably one that that definitely creeped me out from the the classic films. However, when it comes to like porcelain dolls and that sort of thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if I see a porcelain doll in you know in person, like the physical thing I'm looking at, yeah, there is a little bit of like a kind of a creepiness to it. However, um, in this instance, I did not feel as though there was much of a like heebie-jeebie vibe. Now, having said that, what I love is you, when you make your way, um, to the, like this, this type of house, I love the setting that it's at. And I just, you know, want to, I suppose, I'm going back and forth with like, do, do I want to go into spoiler territory or not? I do think because I'm so excited to talk about this stuff, maybe I'll give you a disclaimer and say, hey, I am going to say some things that transpire in this part of the game. So if you don't want to hear it, I would suggest you fast forward or look at the, uh, oh my gosh, I said fast forward. That's kind of like an ancient term. Skip ahead. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to look at the timestamps and be able to skip ahead to the the next segment, you can do so. But I figured I'd just kind of give you fair warning. I do want to talk about some things regarding this part of the game. Anyway, now that you've been fairly warned, I love the setting of where this particular house is. When When you're going around the bend and you see that tremendous looking waterfall behind the house. Like this house is kind of on the edge of a cliff and there's this wonderful draw distance that you could see. I personally really enjoy that sort of thing. I think it's fantastic. I actually, I think I took a moment just to drink in the visuals because I thought, man, this is, this is really well done. The art direction on this, the layout, everything, kudos to the level designers on, on just when you have that initial impression, I thought, very, very cool. And then when you enter into the house, it was also surprising to me at how there's really no action going on. It's really you kind of walking in. And because of what happened at the castle, I feel like I was, I was constantly looking over my shoulder or just preparing myself, having my head on the swivel to see what was going to jump out of me. And that really didn't happen. It's a great example of how you can build tension through really nothing going on. And sure, like the interior of the house had some elements to it that were a bit creepy. Like you look at some of the the pictures on the wall 
uh, or maybe some of the, the textures and whatnot are a little dilapidated. However, there really wasn't something that was so in your face. And I like how, it, it, I think I was even commenting as I was streaming the game, how the, the building itself reminds me a bit of the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland in terms of like when you are um, on the exterior outside part of the property and even when you're kind of making your way into the mansion itself. It's not like it's overtly creepy or scary or anything else, but there's just something that's kind of just slightly off that you key on. And I feel like they were able to do that with this type of situation. Granted, the, the, the house that you're going through is not nearly as large as the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, but in terms of the spirit of like how they made the, their approach to this, very, very much the same kind of um, situation. Also, what, what I thought was worthy of mention is how they were very intentional with the verticality of this particular area where the house seemingly doesn't is not very big when you're going through the area. It's a two-story house, but it's not nearly as large as the castle. However, you take an elevator down and you realize you're kind of in this basement sector of uh, the house itself. And you start to see more dolls and that sort of thing. And again, doesn't really creep me out. Um, but the, the texture work and the lighting and whatnot of the hallways and the, the different rooms, that was what was starting to kind of trigger me a little bit in terms of like wondering, okay, is something going to jump out? What's going to happen? And I really did enjoy the setup. Like, you know, you walk in, you see the little creepy bride doll sitting there with like the flask that you're looking for and a chair. And right away, gamer instinct comes into play. And you're like, dude, as soon as I pick that up, it's something it's going to trigger something to happen and everything else. And so I, I think I, it wasn't just myself, but like just anyone who comes into that room, you kind of scope out what's in the room first and you look and see what other rooms you can get into before you try and take that flats. Cause you know, there's going to be something that gets uh, initiated from that. And sure enough, you have this uh, doll that's been created that is in the likeness of your late wife. And I think it was, again, I didn't really find it to be all that creepy. I mean, I thought it was like, okay, I can, I, I'm seeing what they're doing with this. This is cool. I was honestly kind of fascinated with the game design aspect of it where like you had to utilize um, more of your almost like, it's like that game doctor that was like really popular back in like, I don't know, the eighties and nineties or something, but like you're having to figure out how to take this doll apart and then get clues or tools from these different areas. Get it. And I don't want to go into too much detail about that just because if you're playing the game, I don't want to, I don't want to go that far into spoiler territory. However, the big part, the main part to me is when the baby appears. And let me tell you, that was freaky. I was not anticipating something like that to happen that got, you know, you, you always hear the, the term fight or flight response. Well, yeah, that full on triggered my flight response. I was like, I don't even want to try and do it. And, and well, I couldn't actually, when I think about it, I was going to say, I didn't even want to try and fight it. There's no way I could, because again, one of the original approaches to this part of the game is because it's more of like a psychological terror, they strip you of your weapons. So you don't have anything to, to defend yourself with. So you start to feel vulnerable, which I thought was cool. I like that. I dig that. 
And I'm always a fan of kind of more of that psychological horror approach where you're, you're not sure what's real, what's not real, that sort of thing. And it was also a departure in terms of what we had been used to up until this point. Because if you think about it, you are introduced to the village. You have the lichens that are attacking you and ambushing you. And there's a lot of gunplay. Even in the castle, I mean, you have your puzzles and that sort of thing, but then you're also doing quite a bit of gunplay as well. That's not the case at all in this section. And I, for one, thought that it was very refreshing. It was really, really cool to be able to see uh, what I had to do in order to survive. However, that tripped me out. Uh, I, especially with, with some of the things that they had in place, like when you had to go through and you had, you had to take the, um, I don't know what it's called off the top of my head, but essentially it's like you have this, um, con like, like power electrical conduit or something that you have to literally like take off of one room, which in turns basically all the power out, um, in the basement and you have to apply it to the elevator. That was terrifying. That was so bad. And, um, it it was it was I don't know some of the things that they had going on such as like for instance like you had to hide under the bed, and it really does. Again, I, I mentioned this in the past when I was talking to Steve about this, but the game is methodical in the in the sense of it really wants you to feel almost like you're a kid again, and. In the castle sequence, for instance, Lady D is like nine foot six or ten feet tall, something like that. Really, really tall. In fact, even the things like her bathtub, for instance, are huge. And even though you're Ethan Winters, you're a full-grown man, being around her, being around some of these these pieces of furniture and whatnot that are just so much bigger than you, you subconsciously begin to feel like you're a kid again. And as a result, you do start to have more of that feeling of being vulnerable um, as opposed to being um, more of a survivor, so to speak. And it's no different in the situation with the baby where you don't have any of your weapons, you can't attack it, it's psychological. And looking at what was going on, like I said, there was a moment where you had to hide under the bed and this thing, this monstrosity, this abomination comes in and it's another classic example of cat and mouse. We had the same type of situation with Lady D when she was constantly hunting us through the castle. This is a, a kind of a similar situation, although it is a bit different. And especially running through the dark as I was trying to make my way back over to the elevator to put this like, I don't know, power comp link or something. I don't, I don't know what it was called. But in order to put that in and restore power, hearing this thing thumping rapidly toward me, hearing the, the baby cries and whatnot, just like begging for the elevator doors to open up in order for me to get in there. Man, that was like, oh, I can almost feel the thing breathing on the back of my neck. And that's a really, really cool thing from a gaming perspective. I definitely give kudos to Capcom for that type of situation. And especially like as the elevator gates are closing and you see it one last time and it, it screams at you and everything else. To give you an idea of like how much that affected me, I had nightmares that night. <laughs> I was dreaming and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. So anyway, I was 
pretty glad to be done with that, that whole scenario. And I realize I'm kind of going high level with this. I'm not going into every single solitary detail with it. Um, but I will say like going back up from being in that basement sector. Oh, I was so relieved. And then when it came to the final part where you, where you're having to take on the dolls and that sort of thing, that was more exhilarating for me. Like, again, I wasn't necessarily creeped out, but I think I still had more of a leftover from the basement with the baby. And oh my goodness, I will not be forgetting that anytime soon. <laughs> so, um, at this point in time, like I said, I'm making my way back through the village. I'm having to find a couple of things. Um, there is the gardener, uh, grave site that apparently I need something from. So I feel like I need to go back and see if I can unlock that particular house in the village. And then I'll probably have to double back and uh, come back to that particular gravesite. So if you want to follow along in terms of where I'm at, I definitely encourage you to watch um, on the uh, Joygasm TV Twitch channel. And normally we do the streaming on Wednesday nights. However, I've been having a blast with this game. And then plus this is the kind of game where like you want to like be able to experience together as you go along. So I am trying to make more of an effort to, to chronicle, if you will, my journey through this particular game. So anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. When we, we return, we're going to be getting into our movie trailer reactions. So be back in just a moment. Coming soon to a theater near you is the topic of the day! Our topic of the day is... The movie trailer reactions. We have three precisely that we're going to be taking a look at. We, meaning you <laughs> and me. So we have The Green Knight. We have Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And we have one other one, which is... Uh, I totally had a brain fart. Let me take a little look see here. Make sure I know what I'm talking about. Oh, The Tomorrow War with Mr. Chris Pratt. <laughs> anyway, I thought we would start with The Green Knight since I have that one queued up. What I'd like to be able to do is check out precisely what we have in store. Honestly, I don't know anything about The uh, the Green Knight, so I'm very curious to take a look. Without further ado, let's uh, let's see what we got here. Friends. Brothers and sisters, who can regale me and my queen with some myth? Or tale? Oh, greatest of kings, let one of your knights Try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will beat thee. 
another year nearly gone already. You must seek him out. Was it not just a game? Perhaps. But it is not complete. You'll find no mercy. No happy end. Why do you stop me? Your doom is at hand. You rest your bones, I'll finish your quest for you. And what do you hope to gain from facing all of this? That is why Knight does what he does. Are you ready? Very interesting. Like I said, I have never heard of the Green Knight. I don't know if it's based on a novel. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's based off a comic book. I'm going to have to do some research. I intentionally did not take a look as to uh, what this is based on. If this was like original screenplay or if this was based off a pre-existing IP, just simply because I wanted to have that, that first time experience. Looking at it though, um, I am intrigued in terms of what the overall story is about. We, we clearly get an idea of how some sort of um, fantastical being comes and, and challenges all these knights and whatnot. It looks like almost like kind of a Knights of the Round Table-esque type of scenario. And based off of kind of what they lead us to believe, it looks as though the, the fantastical being set a trap or, or kind of goaded them into doing something that I think may have caused some sort of uh, doom to uh, occur a year later or something to that effect. I am definitely interested. I mean, it's got some interesting visuals to it as it applies to, you got the medieval times kind of uh, vibe going. Then you have, again, more of that almost Lord of the Rings type of creatures that are involved as well. I appreciated the fact that they didn't give everything away. And there were things about it that were more abstract. It, it, it struck me as more of a teaser. But having said that, the art direction actually I thought was pretty striking. So I'm going to keep this on my radar. I'm going to see what else I can find. And perhaps in the next episode, I'll be able to elaborate a bit if I happen to find out more information. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see what... Uh, what they are cooking up with that one. The second one I am very excited to watch. It is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I was a huge fan of the first Venom movie. Um, I think Tom Hardy did a fantastic job playing Eddie Brock. And especially at the end, when we get a glimpse of Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I could not wait. Also, what, I, what I'm very curious about with this particular trailer is how... Andy Serkis, if I remember correctly, is the director of this film, which I don't know too uh, many films that he has actually directed. I know more films 
that he um, starred in, that he, he was one of the characters. And so that also has piqued my interest. Without further ado, let's take a look at Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I say either, you guys say either, I say neither, and I say neither, neither, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off! Ta-da! Catch up! Excuse me? Yummy. Good evening, Eddie. Hey, Mrs. Chen. Good evening, Venom. Function Hall, Mrs. Chen. He says hi. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. I've been thinking about you, eh? Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number. Because you and I are the same. Every decision we ever make. Who do we leave behind? And how do we leave them? Waiting in the darkness for the rescuer who never comes. Welcome back, Eddie Brock. It's been a long time. Miss you so much. Come chaos. Chaos. Soon come. Chocolate delivery hasn't arrived yet. No! We had a deal. What's gonna happen? You gonna stop protecting me? I am happy to eat, Mrs. Chen! No, no, you cannot eat, Mrs. Chen. What? Nothing. My goodness, I am pumped for that. I... I'm just processing. I'm processing. First time watching it. I am so happy that the the world that they started in the first film is clearly being carried over into the second film. I, that was kind of a concern I had was I wasn't sure if they were going to go a completely different direction for the sequel. But I'm so glad that even Mrs. Chen, who has the, the little convenience store there, is back. Uh, looked like his girlfriend is back as well. There, you just You have much of the same cast that's in place, which is a very good thing. It was interesting to me how we really didn't see too much of Carnage yet. And I'm not worried at all about it because that also struck me as more of a teaser approach. We'll probably get a whole lot more of what Carnage is about in this film in subsequent trailers. That's totally fine. The music selection was also pretty interesting. Um, and I think it worked, honestly. Yeah, I really do. I think I think it it was 
a nice choice for sure. I really enjoyed looking at the relationship of Eddie Brock and Venom together where they've clearly, <laughs> they're getting along. They're almost like brothers in a way or siblings. And, um, I think it's fascinating. You know, I never really anticipated that I would be into watching a standalone Venom movie. And I think the amount of thoughtfulness that has gone into not only the first film, but apparently with the second film too, it's interesting because Venom is very much an anti-hero in this type of scenario that normally I would only be into if I was watching like a Spider-Man flick, for instance, right? Cause I would, I just want, I want to follow Peter Parker. I want to be able to see um, some of the, the crazy situations that Spider-Man and Venom find themselves in as they're going to fisticuffs and that sort of thing. However, this is a really neat exploration of the character of Venom. And it does make me wonder also going back to like the way that this film is set up, Sony is handling it. This is going through their film companies as opposed to the MCU. And I do wonder if we will eventually get some kind of crossover because I know Sony um, still has some kind of rights. I'm a little foggy on it at the moment, but when it comes to how Tom Holland goes back and forth, like they have some sort of agreement, like for instance, um, the new upcoming Spider-Man film far from home is being created by the MCU because Disney struck a deal with Sony in terms of being able to use the character. However, I think Sony still has the ability to bring Tom Holland back over to their side of things. And I'm wondering if we will ever see Tom Hardy make a crossover into more of the MCU side as Venom. Obviously, the more films that come out with Tom Hardy as, as Venom, and if those films do really well commercially, that's going to set the tone for what the moviegoers are going to expect of from Venom. I mean, and, and Tom is a fantastic actor. I mean, I, I've always loved watching him. I know Steve enjoys watching him too. Woody Harrelson as the selection for Carnage, I think is fantastic. Ever since I've seen him in Natural Born Killers, which was a Oliver Stone film, man, that whew, he he was intense in that particular film. And I think that, well, I hope I should say, I hope that they allow him to channel some of that into this character. I'm also not sure if the film itself is rated R or not. I hope it is. I'm trying to remember what the first film was and I cannot recall. It had to have either been PG 13 or R. I'll have to get back to you on that for sure. But I'm, Having said that, I hope that this film is rated R just because Carnage is, I mean, Carnage is, is Venom on steroids. I mean, he, he has an even more uh, messed up approach to violence and everything else. So I feel like that would get diluted down if they went for like a PG-13 rating. Anyway, I can't wait to see it. I'm very much looking forward to the, the other trailers that will come out. And that, as far as I'm concerned, that film can't come out soon enough. Having said that, they can take as much time as they need to, to make it look amazing. I am curious too, who the female character is in the trailer. If you notice, there was that lady that was in some sort of lab and I'm not remembering if she was in the first film. I don't think she was a part of the first film. 
So that is an interesting development too. You know, I just thought something. The next time I'm at my local comic book shop, I want to be able to talk to the folks there and find out if there is some sort of um, kind of like secondary cast of characters within the Venom space. Because I know they've been having fun with having like a standalone Venom comic. And um, I don't really follow that closely. But I am curious to know what other types of characters they're introducing. But that's neither here nor there. Our last trailer that we're going to take a look at is The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Again, I have no idea what this film is about, so let's take a look. We are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Our enemy is not human. Okay, that was like the shortest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a look and see if there is any other trailer. Um, that was the one that we were able to find initially, and it's it's like super sneak peek. I don't even know if that qualifies necessarily as a teaser trailer, but just like, uh, is this a sequel to the Jurassic Park series that Chris Pratt has been a part of? Is this something that's completely different? I have no idea, but that was actually really funny. That was like super, super short. So I don't really have too much to say other than, hey, you know, Chris Pratt with a gun and <laughs> there's some sort of creature out there they're hunting that's not human. Hey, you know what? We'll just have to see what happens. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, we, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it helps us do what we love to do around here. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. And also... Make sure you tickle that subscribe button on YouTube. Maybe even poke that notification bell. That way you won't miss a single episode that gets dropped once a week on YouTube. By the way, I have to do a correction really quick. It's youtube.com slash joygasm. Last but not least, you can search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Hopefully Steve will be back to join us once more next week.